Me and Kyle have like similar problems. Like I can't remember <laughs> names, and he just mispronounces names. Like Johnny, yeah, that's Jimmy. Johnny. Old Jimmy G. <laughs> it blew my mind again, all over again. You're like, I have Steelers. Well, Wilson's another guy where if Seattle's stupid enough to let him go, I was raving on Russell Wilson in our last episode. Call it now. Aaron Rodgers <laughs> going to Denver. They still got a. Uh... <laughs> Why do I always? Dude, I'm the worst at name. You need to be a top ten quarterback. Absolutely not. I mean, look at my Bears in 2006. When, when he remembers the year. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, 100. percent I remember that loss. Like it was yesterday. And this is where he's wrong. What you're wrong in and what I'm right in, by the way, everybody give me a hand for being right, um, is that... Welcome to Only Football with Kyle and Rick. This is... What's going on, everybody? It's Rick. Welcome to Only Football. Going to be a solo show for me today. We've got some technical difficulties for Kyle on the other end, so it's just going to be me... Uh, a Rick show. So not, you know, not bad, right? Yeah. You get to see my beautiful face, you know, the, the one side that works. Um, but yeah, we've got a great show for you today. We've got a week 10 that kind of like the NFL season was just all over the place. Uh, had some overtime games, had some uh, disappointing games, had some surprising games. So let's kind of get into it with our week 10 recap we're going to start off thursday night football falcons and panthers kyle and i both had the falcons in this, in this game but the panthers showed out in this game and to be specific it was their running back i forget what their what their running back's name is but he had a game i think he had rushed like 30 times for over 100 yards had a couple scores panthers come out on top up against an atlanta team that uh is pretty good offensively they 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 basically shut them down and a lot of that credit i think is to their uniforms their uniforms looked really really good uh the 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 panthers at least they had the whole black panther going and if you guys haven't seen that movie yeah, i checked it out with the wife over the weekend definitely go check it out that is a movie worth watching so falcons going to carolina unfortunately take the l and so do kyle and i next game we had the international game in germany the seahawks at the Bucks, and the way the press was going was just gushing over Brady. It was definitely a home game, it seemed like, for the Bucks. Bucks take the win 21 16 against a Seahawks team with Geno Smith that didn't look like they were, you know, uh, just this, this BS team. They, I think they were, um, I think after that loss, yeah, they're six and four now. Bucks move on to five and five. So we looked at the, so like Kyle and I said, you know, depending on what happens on Thursday night football, the Falcons being the only team really vying for that NFC South spot against the Bucks. How will the Bucks and Tom Brady kind of go into this game? And they went into this game against the Seahawks team again that we talked about isn't to be really messed around with or to kind of take and lightly. And they won. They controlled the entire game. They, they won 21 to 16. Tom Brady, 22 for 29, 258 yards and two touchdowns. Sure, he had an interception, but he looked like, I think we mentioned last time, just a guy who wants to win. And, and that's kind of how we went into this game. The Seahawks basically trailing the entire the entire game, you know, going down 14 
uh, in going into the second half, and they put up a, a good fight in the fourth quarter, scoring 13 points, but it wasn't enough to, to take the dub um, in Germany. And just credit, again, credit to the Bucks, Tom Brady, all these guys for recognizing that, wow, we we should absolutely have a stranglehold on this division. And even though they're five and five, it's still better than whatever was happening prior to this week and even the week before, right? The Bucs looked bad. Tom Brady looked bad. Tom Brady looked slow. He looked old. The Bucs defense came alive in this game too. And finally is kind of putting that, that like, oh, okay, we're good. We're good. That, that almost like sigh of relief that I feel like a lot of Bucks fans and really the NFL was kind of looking at like, are they ever going to step up for Tom Brady? Because Tom Brady and the offense can suffer a little bit. And we had a Julio Jones touchdown, a great Julio Jones touchdown. So uh, that was really cool to see from the Bucks. Next game up, we had Kyle's game of the week. And it is looking like game of the year, really. We had Vikings at Bills. Vikings taking the W, 33-30. to 30. In overtime, against Josh Allen and the and the Buffalo Bills. What a game. If you guys did if you guys missed this game, this was a, this was one of the worst games to miss, really. And I I don't look, the the Vikings have gotten a lot of disrespect cuz they don't look like like a 7 and I uh, what is it? 8 and 1 team now, right? They were 7 and 1 coming into this game thinking and a lot of people thought, "Oh, well the Bills are about to go 7 and 2." They're about to have some of the records 7 and 2 records. Justin Jefferson, man. I don't know how much more you can say about Justin Jefferson. He is one of the best receivers in, in the NFL today. His rookie year was sensational. He's just doing even better his second year. He had one of the best catches I think I've ever seen since the OBJ catch. And this is me, this is coming from Bears fans, you know, when 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 Mooney made that really, really good catch against the Vikings a few weeks ago. He had a hell of a catch. One-handed, even in the in the defender's arms, he brought it back into his body, caught it. It was a one-handed. I just, what a catch! Josh Allen again, being. I don't know. I'm pissed off at Josh Allen. Couple reasons, obviously. The first one being that he's on my fantasy team, so you know, I mean, that's kind of warranted, I think. But one touchdown, two interceptions, being careless with the ball. I don't know what's been going on these last three weeks, but the Bills are third in the AFC East, and it has a lot to do with Josh Allen's play because the defense is holding up its end. I get it. They let up 33 points to the Vikings, but when your quarterback is giving it away a couple times, and this this comes from a Bears fan where the defense was like a huge reason why the Bears were in games early in the season. When your quarterback's giving away balls like that and almost playing carelessly, you, as a defense, you almost want to be like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? You know, we were just on the field. You throw an interception. Now we're back on the field. We're getting tired. We can't always hold on. And this is, and, and again, the defense is one of the reasons this game goes into overtime, right? Um, but the Vikings, you know, take the dub in overtime. They kick the field goal. They stop uh, Josh Allen with an interception in the red zone as they were marching down. I was hoping to get a, a another score from Josh Allen and hopefully Stephon Diggs, but We'll kind of go into that later for some fantasy talk on my end, at least. So one of the games of the year, definitely game of the year, Minnesota Vikings move on to eight and one and the Buffalo Bills move to six and three. And like I said before, third in the AFC East, which is something a lot of us would have never, ever expected coming into the season. 
Next game up, we have got Kyle's Wizard of Oz game. Lions at Bears. Whew, strap in, Bears fans, because this is going to be a long rest of the season. Um, Justin Fields came out hot. Justin Fields came out hot, had a 67-yard touchdown run, untouched, after giving up a pick six. Sure, that sucked. The pick six sucks, but he made up for it, right? The Bears' defense is a work in progress, 100%. Like, obviously, we got rid of Roquan, Robert, uh, Ro- Roquan Smith, Robert Quinn, Mack, Akeem Hicks, all these guys. We got two rookies in the secondary, which they've been doing pretty well. Kyler Gordon, more on the, okay, yeah, he's definitely a rookie type of play, but it is what it is. That's why he's, he's starting a rookie. He's starting as a rookie. Um, the Bears' offense is incredible, scoring 30 points. Um, and the defense needs work. That's really kind of all you got to say about the bears. There was a lot of penalties during the game as well. Hands to the face, face masks on the offense and the defensive side on the bears, uh, team. So you could look at a lot of that, you know, Jack Sanborn had a, had an interception that was, uh, called back because of a flag in the red zone. Um, so that sucks to see. And he had two, two sacks, um, two tackles for losses, 12 total tackles. So he was actually balling out, right? Um, But those flags did kill us. I think we had something like eight or nine flags for almost 90 yards total throughout the game, and it sucks because another thing that really was a theme in this Bears game is them not getting the calls. There was a lot of either PI or holding calls that I was kind of looking at. And, you know, during the game, it's fast-paced, this and that, blah, 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 whatever. It sucks. Regardless, it sucks. But when they're not going your way and you get nine against you, um, it, it's just like, what the, what are you doing refs? Like what is going on? Right. So you kind of have it out for the rest, at least as a bears fan, you know, if you cut our live stream, we had Alex, a resident uh, lions fan uh, doing a bears versus lions live stream on big league Chicago with myself. So he was very happy about the win 31 30. Um, and the lions give credit to the lions. The, the, the defense did really well. Aiden Hutchinson is a beast. He was all over the field. He made a couple really really key tackles um one coming across the other side to montgomery and literally just like wrapping him up and bring him down at the goal line or with at least like a yard or two to go that was a really really good play by aiden hutchinson um okuda obviously got the pick six off a really bad overthrow by justin fields but pick six nonetheless right that changes the momentum any any turnovers really change the momentum and that's kind of what happened in this game Jamal Williams and Swift ran for touchdowns. They looked really good. Amon Ross St. Brown had a really good game. I think going over 100 yards and like 10 receptions, something like that. So don't take away a lot from the from this Detroit Lions team. They played scrappy and they won a game at, uh, away for the first time in a really long time. But, you know, I look at this as, as Justin Fields just continuing to improve prove he laid out one of the lions guys in this game which was insane uh going into score on a one yard touchdown run so you don't want to see that really from your 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 um franchise quarterback but hey it happened and it was actually pretty sweet so again bears lose this it's 131 30 and but again a lot of other things to pick six the the penalties definitely got into play here but we know now defense is going to be a major focal point during the offseason whether it be in the draft or signing free agents so let's move on to jaguars at chiefs chiefs take the win 27 to 17 move on to seven and two in the season as jacksonville goes down to three and seven 
Patrick Mahomes, <clears throat> kind of like Justin Jefferson this, this last couple of years, Patrick Mahomes has been the absolute definition of consistency. He went 26-35, 331 yards, four touchdowns and an interception. I I think I heard a stat on part of my take where he, one of every six games, he averages over 300 yards and four touchdowns. Like, that is insane. That is absolutely insane to have a quarterback like that um, averaging those numbers every sixth game. That's two games out of the year that you're going to get four touchdowns and over 300 yards out of the guy. Or, I mean, 18 weeks now, so maybe three, you know? And going kind of going back to Josh Allen and stuff like that, you know, with the MVP race and all that, we talked about it last week. And if you tuned into Monday Night Football, it's it gets even crazier. But Patrick Mahomes is so consistent, so good, that it's become boring. It has become like, oh, who else can we look at for an MVP instead of Patrick Mahomes, right? This is like the whole LeBron MVP thing in the NBA. But Patrick Mahomes is so good doing it in an NFL that in a league that with, with, the, with the Chiefs, right? Like people look at Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, um, Josh Allen, all these guys, and they want to replicate that in the draft. They want to get a quarterback who is an immediate uh, uh, uh game changer for their team and that's who you look at when you think about that you look at a Patrick Mahomes who's won a Super Bowl who has been to the playoffs countless times and basically almost every season he's been in the league and he does it with such consistency that it's gotten boring where we're just like okay well let's look at somebody else but man he killed the Jaguars today I think they didn't score in the entire fourth quarter but they didn't need to they scored seven 13 and seven first second and third quarter and then they didn't score in the fourth Jaguars put up some measly touchdown in the fourth quarter to make it look like a close game, 27 to 17, but it was, it was a domination through and through. So the chiefs come out, take the dub there. And I think <clears throat> looking at Trevor Lawrence, you know, 259 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, um, solid game by Lawrence, but again, trash, trash time or garbage time touchdown there in the fourth quarter. Um, the defense for the chiefs has been, solid these last couple games and that's a big reason they're seven and two because not only their offense is clicking like it always does but their defense is actually kind of coming up and and really when you look at the nfl do you need a you need a defense to win championships that's always been the thing but during the regular season you know you can kind of stumble a little bit in the defense and, and just make up for it in your offense and still win games so it's kind of what the chiefs have been doing the last few games but their defense has actually stepped it up pretty well um as for our picks Kyle and I both had the Bucks. We had the Bills, so we took an L on that. And we both had the Bears, so we took an L on that. But we did have the Chiefs. We made up for it with the Chiefs pick. Um, so two and three so far. Moving on to the next game, Browns and Dolphins. You want to talk about <laughs> you want to talk about domination. The Dolphins absolutely dominated the Browns 39 to 17. And we'll get into Tua and the and the Dolphins in a bit, but so much for my take on thinking the Browns were going to have a winning record when Deshaun Watson was coming back. I think this week was finally like, hey, he's able to practice. So he's actually in the in the in the facilities doing all that practicing. But there is absolutely zero way the Browns are going to have a winning record by the time he comes back. And when you have a guy like Jacoby Brissett as your quarterback, yeah, 
that should almost be expected because he's just a game manager. 212 yards, one touchdown. Did what he could. Nick Chubb rushing the ball, had a touchdown. But, I mean, that's really all their offense. And that was it. And their defense still got some, you know, still got some players on there, obviously. But it's just, it's nothing to be impressed about. Again, the the, the Browns are three and six right now. There's no way they can even, are, are even sniffing the playoffs this this season, in my opinion. But now let's get to the Dolphins. Tua. 285 yards, three touchdowns. Jeff Wilson, 119 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Raheem Mostert, 65 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Receiving, uh, you had Tyreek Hill with a score. Alec Ingold with a score. Trent Sherfield with a score. Jalen Waddell had four receptions for 66 yards. This this offense of the of the of the Dolphins is just so good and so dominant, and it's going to continue to be that way. And against the Cleveland team, you're kind of just showing off, you know. We you go back a few weeks when when I was talking about their win, um, I believe it was on Thursday night football, and I kind of forget who it was against. I'll try to scroll here for a bit, but I talked about, you know, uh with Kyle. I was like, this game is just a tune-up game for Tua being back, right? And let's see if I can find it here. Dolphins at Lions. I think it was, I think that was the game, right? They scored like 17, 20 points, something like that. And Kyle wasn't convinced, but I was like, I think this is just a tune up game. This is Tua getting back into the rhythm of the offense. And look, they scored like five against the Bears, and now they're scoring 39 against the Browns. Sure, you can look at these games. And be like, this is inferior opponents. They're not playing, they're not playing very, very good competition. But what have we always said on this podcast is you play, you have to beat the teams you're scheduled. And that's exactly what the Dolphins are doing. That's exactly what good teams do, man. It doesn't matter if they have a good defense, it doesn't matter if they have a great offense, if they have a better team than you. If you can beat them and if you can beat them convincingly, like the Dolphins are doing right now, that's all you need to do. They destroyed the Browns. It wasn't even a question as to whether this game was going to be close. At least not in my opinion. Um, I don't really know if the Browns were really rushing Chubb that much. He got 63 yards and 11 carries. So, I mean, you could see how much, how well that went. Um, Jacoby Brissett was trying to run, trying to make something happen. And then Kareem Hunt, six carries for nine yards. So they're not really focusing on the run as much as they probably should. They were just trying to kind of make things happen, playing almost scared football. Uh, just trying to score points. So that's what it seemed like. But Dolphins move on a seven and three, second in the AFC East, or actually first in the AFC East. Um, I think uh, ahead of obviously the Bills and ahead of the Jets. So seven and three, doing really well. Dolphins, me and Kyle both had the Dolphins in that game. So taking a dub there. Next game up, we had the Texans visiting the Giants. And another game for Dable, seven and two Giants right now. Another game where the Giants are doing just enough throughout the game to beat these teams. 24 to 16. Giants never trailed, scored one in the first quarter, scored two in the third, and then scored a field goal in the fourth to kind of take that, that dub against the Giants. Daniel Jones, 197 yards, two touchdowns. Saquon Barkley, 152 yards and a score. This team is just a running team. This is it's almost reminiscent of the Bears where their 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 passing game isn't really there, but it's gonna it's gonna thank you. It's gonna be um it's gonna be mostly relying on the 
on the uh, on the rushing game, even from Daniel Jones. I mean, Daniel Jones had 24 yards, and we've seen what he can do on, with his legs. So this is Giants seven and seven and two, and I feel like they they haven't really had a lot of great competition to go against either. But again, you beat the teams you're scheduled. They have to have a, almost a game like the, the the Vikings did against the Bills, where it's almost like okay, the disrespect is over. It's now time to kind of start respecting these guys. And but I think I, I don't think it's going to be anything crazy, right? Like I don't think um, the Giants are are a team that should be disrespected, but also not a team that should be well respected like the Bills or the Eagles or something like that. I think they're really in that happy middle where they're going to make the playoffs, and it really does. It's kind of like a flip of the coin, really, what happened in the playoffs with them. But, you know, they beat the Texans in this one. Me and Kyle both had the Giants, so took a dub there as well. Next game up, we've got the Saints at the Steelers. I said I wasn't picking against the Saints, and boy, was I wrong. Because the Steelers made the Saints look like straight just garbage. Steelers took a 10 uh, uh, sorry, touchdown lead in the first. New Orleans tied it in the second. You know they both were going 10-10 into the into the half into the half, and then Pittsburgh ended the scoring in the fourth. You know the Saints scored in the second, and that's it. They didn't, they didn't score the rest of the game, but Pittsburgh scored 10 in the fourth to make it 20 to 10. They took the dub. Uh, Pittsburgh moves to three and six. New Orleans moves to three and seven. I don't know what's going on with the Saints. Pick you know keeping Andy Dalton as a starter. Um, he has had some flashes of, of games, but I mean, why not throw Taysom Hill in there, man? Why not? You know, you got Alvin Kamara rushing eight times for 26 yards and you got Andy Dalton throwing it 27 times. It might just be like, I'm, I'm not really entirely sure of the possession in this game, but it seems like it was just like the defense was on the field most of the time. Um, and they, you know, he had a score to Jawan Johnson, but you're not utilizing your weapons a lot. At least Andy Dalton isn't, you know, and you had Taysom Hill in there for, for one, one attempt for a pass, but this, the Steelers just kind of took advantage of this, this bad Saints team. And, you know, I said, I'd never pick against them, but they only have three wins. They have seven losses. Let's be real here. Right. Can he pick it 18 for 30, 199 yards? Um, Kenny Pickett actually ran for a score as well as George Pickens ran for a score. And that was basically their offense outside of their, uh, outside of their kicker. Will Lutz, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. Whatever his name is, or I'm sorry, Matthew Ray. Yeah. Two for, wow. He went two for four. Wow. That kind of sucks. Um, but Steelers take the dub here at home and yeah, I mean, the Steelers aren't really anything to kind of brag about either. Um, but Kyle took the Steelers in this one, so he gets the dub, and I took the Saints, unfortunately. Um, but I'm not picking against the Saints anymore, even though they're a three-win team. <laughs> um, let's move on to my game of the week, which is Broncos at Titans. Kyle, what the hell, dude? What happened here? Ten points against the Titans team? And maybe I'll, I'll chill out because this is a Titans team that went toe-to-toe with Kansas City the week before. This is a Titans team that had that finally has, I think, Tannehill back. Yeah, they had Tannehill back. 19 for 36, 255 yards and two touchdowns. The Broncos, man. Russell Wilson, I think, threw that late game interception, but he also had a really good score to one of the receivers. I'm going to look him up here. 
Uh, it wasn't Sutton. I think he only, he'd only caught one pass. I forget his name. I do the Broncos, Kyle, the Broncos, man. I, this offense is just bad. You might be right. Nathaniel Hackett might be gone soon. 10 points after such a big win, you know, before this. It is a three-win Broncos team that was expected to go to the playoffs this year in a stacked AFC West, or at least what was you know perceived to be a stacked AFC West. They, I, I, I don't know, man. Maybe Pete Carroll got into Russell Wilson's head um, about the whole armband thing. I don't know what the deal is. It's just the the Broncos are completely underperforming. Kyle would be the first one to tell you that because this defense is holding even against a really good team like the Titans. Um, the one team that I don't really give too much respect for, but it's still, you know, they're, they're six and three right now. Um, the defense is, is still good. Even after losing Bradley Chubb, even after injuries earlier in the season, they're still so good. And, and one of the top defenses, I think outside of the San Francisco, um, the offense needs to pick it up. Nathaniel Hackett needs to give up play calling duties. Maybe at this point to maybe salvage, his job even to salvage the season but the titans take the dub uh they were actually down going to the half 10-7 and then they scored 10 unanswered points in the third and the fourth quarter so defenses on both sides of this or on, on both teams is really good the offense was just a little bit better for the titans today like i said i don't know kyle what what needs to happen in denver but nathaniel Hagen needs to give it up play calling or or something else because he's going to lose his job soon. And I think Kyle would agree. Um, we both had the Broncos and it was my game of the week. So it was kind of close, but I mean, the Broncos were scoreless in the second half. So maybe it wasn't game of the week. Kyle was right for the Vikings bills game of the week. Let's move on to the next game. Colts at Raiders. Oh my God. If you guys tune into the, to the week 10 prediction show last, last week, these are two teams that I just don't pick anymore. But I had to pick somebody. Colts at Raiders. Colts hiring Jeff Saturday. Starting Sam Ellinger the week prior. Um, had just uh, promoted an OC who had never called play, who was just never play caller before. This was a recipe for disaster. And yet, you look at Josh McDaniels on the other sideline and you're like, whoa, he does really suck. He is a bad coach. How do you take everything that happened with the Colts this past week and not get a dub against this team? They have a coach who's never coached higher than high school, who was tweeting about how bad you are a week or so prior. He said he had tweeted, Jeff Saturday had tweeted that the Raiders suck or they're really bad or they're really mediocre, something like that. Like a week or two before and he was right because not even all the stuff that happened to the Colts the week before this game could have stopped the Raiders from sucking as bad now look Derek Carr Devontae Adams they did a lot Josh Jacobs had a rushing touchdown Foster Moreau and Devontae Adams both had scores Derek Carr had 250 yards two touchdowns but somehow can't take advantage of this at all. They'd never, they never led Indianapolis, never gave up uh, the lead. And we're talking about Matt Ryan, who was benched for Sam Ellinger. Thank God. Jeff Saturday came in and was like, yeah, uh, 
this probably doesn't make any sense. Why would anybody do this, right? Matt Ryan, 20 for 28, 222 yards, one touchdown. Jonathan Taylor was a beast in this game. 147 yards and a score. Matt Ryan even uh, rushed for 38 yards and a score. Jonathan Taylor and Matt Ryan won the game. They won this game. Paris Campbell had a score like you don't you look at the talent on both sides and you would expect the Raiders to win, but then you're like, oh, Josh McDaniels is the coach. Never mind. Just kidding. <laughs> because that's kind of how it went. Um, and I mean, you know, the, the Raiders took the loss at home. You had Derek Carr crying in the in one of the post-game conferences, talking about we practice and this is kind of what happened. And it's it's like, dude, I feel so bad for Derek Carr because he he does have He's a very talented quarterback. A couple of years ago, two, three years ago, you told me the Bears would have traded for him. I would have been ecstatic. And it sucks because he's just dealt been dealt a blow by such a terrible coach in McDaniels. Um, and, you know, that's just kind of the way the cookie crumbles on this one. So the Raiders lose, fall to two and seven. Colts go to four, five, and one. We both had the Raiders. We were both wrong. Connor was both wrong. So we both took an L on that one. Um, but yeah, I don't know what's going on with the Raiders. They're going to get rid of Josh McDaniels. Uh, he's just not a head coach. He's a coordinator. That's all he is, man. Again, Kyle and I have said it. There's nothing wrong with just being a coordinator. Can't make the leap to head coach. You know, those who, what's it saying? Like those, those who cannot do teach something like that. Like those who cannot head coach coordinate. That's all Josh McDaniels has to be. So let's move on to a really good game. Actually Cowboys at Packers. I had picked the Cowboys. Kyle had picked the, the Packers. And boy, was I wrong. Sure, this one went into uh, <clears throat> into OT. You know, the Packers ended up winning 31-28 in overtime. This was not something I expected, and I feel like a lot of people didn't expect it. First quarter went by pretty fast, actually, and scoreless, right? They both And then they both scored. Uh, Dallas and Green Bay had scored 14 each in the second. Dallas came out shooting in the third went up two scores and then remained scoreless in the fourth. This is a, this is an offense. The, the Cowboys are an offense. that you, They should not go scoreless in any quarter. The fact that they, you know, sandwiched scoreless quarters between the second and the third is kind of astounding because they, they put up almost 50 against the bears and they should have continued to do that against a much inferior team in the Packers. But Aaron Rodgers, and you know, he went for 265 yards, three touchdowns, through two interceptions. Which that uh, Aaron Rodgers is throwing multiple interceptions in multiple games this year is even weirder. Um, but he has a really good connection now with um, one of the receivers. I don't know if he's a rookie or not, but oh man, what was his name? It was like Watson or something. He had a couple scores. He connected him with him twice. Um, Aaron Jones had a score. So Aaron Rodgers is starting to like get his rhythm going with this wide receiving core that earlier in the season was absolute dog shit. Um, but now it's starting to come around. Now, now some receivers are starting to come up. Watson being one of the big guys. And obviously this went into OT. Um, Dallas didn't score in OT. Uh, I don't really remember what exactly happened, but I know Dak Prescott threw two interceptions. Um Tony Pollard scored again. Uh, we had CD Lamb with two touchdowns. Dalton Schultz with a touchdown. 
this is a Dallas Cowboys team that spreads the ball. Like they can run the ball. They can, they can pass the ball. They can do all sorts of stuff. And yet somehow against a really inferior Packers team, at least in my opinion, they sandwiched second and third with, with scoreless scoreless quarters. So kind of what happened there. Cowboys at Packers next game up. We have the Cardinals at the Rams Cardinals take the dub. Kingsbury takes the dub against McVay. I think he had been winless against McVay, 27 to 17. I didn't I, I didn't watch too much of this game, but I know it was like the, the battle of the backups. You had Colt McCoy for the Cardinals going, and you had Wolford, John Wolford for the uh, Rams going. So not something you're like, like really pumped to see if you're a Cardinals or a Rams fan here. But Arizona got the job done. Went 17 to three going into the second half. Didn't score in the third, but scored 10 in the fourth. And really that was kind of it. The 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 Rams scored one in the fourth, but again, garbage time sort of touchdown. They had only scored 10 points in the first three quarters. And again, um Cole McCoy did actually really well in his in his uh in his start for uh Kyler Murray 26 for 37 238 yards and a touchdown. James Conner was pretty much the offense for the Cardinals rushing 21 times for almost 70 yards and two scores. Um you had AJ Green which AJ Green what the hell like I, I forgot I forgot he was playing but it, you know he's on the Cardinals and he had to score he hauled in the touchdown from um Cole McCoy and obviously it helps when you have DeAndre Hopkins there catching 10 balls for almost a hundred yards, um, helping out Colt McCoy. They're really, there's not much to say about the Rams at this point. They're kind of a sad team, just kind of like moping around, taking an L's here and there. And I don't know. It's, it's just Rams. Rams are no good this year. Kyle and I both had Cardinals winning this game. We were both right. So yeah, battle the backups and, uh, Colt McCoy ended up with a win. Uh, good for him. I kind of like them coming out of Texas. Uh, that is going to be a much better quarterback. But, you know, hey, at least he gets to shine in moments like this. Um, moving on into Sunday Night Football, Chargers at 49ers. I had the 49ers. Kyle had the Chargers. 49ers ended up winning, ended up taking the dub 22-16. to 16. Defense was huge in this game. Defense was huge in this game. Herbert was doing really well. He marched down the field, I think for uh, a score in the first quarter. So he did, he actually like, it looked to me as though the Chargers were going to kind of have like easy pickings, but let's not forget the 49ers have the best defense, I think, in the NFL right now. Top of that, they have CMC. They've got still George Kittle. They've got an aging but decent Garoppolo, right? Like maybe not decent, but I mean, he's he's a he's a good quarterback. Um, he's, a, he's a man king. <laughs> game managing quarterback i guess i would say um on the offensive side and they were at home so i think that's the reason i took them i i took them for cmc because man does does shanahan love cmc he just loves doing everything with cmc if he, if he could i think what was it the first week he actually had a passing touchdown something like that with cmc it, it's insane what he's doing with him but you know Jimmy D, 240 yards, no scores, but I mean, you look at what uh, CMC was doing, 38 yards, not too much, not too crazy. He had a score. Jimmy Garoppolo rushed for a touchdown, actually. So not a lot, not too much scoring, I guess, on this um, for this game. But because the defense did kind of show up. You've got Bosa 
on on uh on San Francisco side, you got Mac and all these other guys on on the on the Charger side. It was a good game. It was a good Sunday night football game. Close one, obviously, but you know, I think Kerbert had an interception late in the game to kind of uh give up the give up the game there as they were as they were um um marching down trying to at least get a score. But San Francisco ends up taking the win. They moved to five and four. Los Angeles moves on to five and four. And I think this, with the Seahawks losing, believe that puts them tied in the NFC West with the Seahawks. I'll have to double check. But Sunday Night Football, close game. Two really good teams, two really good defenses is kind of what was the story of this game. Um, but five and four 49ers and five and four Chargers. We'll see if Herbert. Um, I think he had he was under concussion protocol in this game as well. So getting hit helmet to helmet, one of the linebackers I believe from the 49ers got kicked out of this game. So maybe that had a little something to do with what was the, I guess the just just the score of this game. But is what it is. 49ers end up taking the dub, and then Monday Night Football tonight. Wow, insane. Eagles lose to the commanders at home 32 to 21 the last score i mean this was a bit closer game it was what 24 to 21 23 to 21 i think before mayhem in the fourth quarter but the fact that the eagles lost to the commanders a taylor Heineke led command. Now look, Taylor Heineke again brings that brings that like I think I've said it before. He brings that emotional side of, of of the game to Washington, and that's kind of what they need because when they were, I mean, the Eagles scored their 14 points in the first quarter. You thought, okay, well, this is kind of over, right? Washington scored seven. Then what do they do? They actually go into the half with the lead because they scored 13 unanswered in the second quarter. 16 unanswered because they scored three in the third and they, they had Philly scoreless in the second and third with Philly scoring again in, in the fourth scored a touchdown, but the defense for the commanders is legit. The offense, eh, not so much. Taylor Heineke again, 211 yards and interception didn't even throw for a touchdown, but Antonio Gibson and Brian Roundton both rushed for touchdowns and they got a defensive score. Um, I think a couple defensive scores, if I'm not mistaken, but the defense for Washington for the Washington Commanders is good. It's really good. Heineke's not going to win you this game at all, but the defense absolutely can, and that's exactly what happened. They were pressuring Jalen Hurts. They were putting him in positions, just just uncomfortable positions. They were stopping the run. They were defending passes really well. The defense for the Commanders did really, really well in this game. All credit to them, but the Eagles, man. No longer undefeated. No more teams undefeated in the NFL. A lot of people thought it was going to come later into the season when they were going to rest their starters, going into a number one seed, right, into the playoffs. But no. Week 10. This is why I told you guys at the beginning of the episode. Week 10 was insane, and this is exactly why it capped off a very insane week. When you look at Commanders beating the Eagles and then you look at the Panthers beating the Falcons, sure, they were at home. But that's just insane. A lot of people were not expecting this. Vikings and Bills weren't expecting that. Lions and Bears, I know I wasn't expecting that. Um, 
Colts at Raiders, another crazy game. Cowboys at Packers. Like a lot of these games this week was absolute. They they were absolutely insane. And and it just this is this has got to be one of the one of the weeks that clearly defines this season for the NFL. But no more are the Philadelphia Eagles undefeated. The Washington Commanders came into Philly, beat the Eagles. Eagles are eight and one. Commanders are five and five, and somehow in the playoff race. Somehow, somehow in the playoff race. So. That was your week 10 recap by me, Rick. Let's go over our record, our overall record. Kyle and I, 50 and 29 after this week. Kyle's individual record, 23 and 19. And I'm 19 and 23. So I'm still a few games behind. This kind of sucks. I did not want to be behind Kyle. I, I was hoping to, but I mean, a lot of these, these picks kind of screwed me. The Cowboys and Packers, I think, I think Kyle was just picking that to be. To, to kind of rub it in my face. There's no way anyone else thought the Cowboys were going to lose to the Packers, but they did. Is what it is. Bears, Lions. Uh, oh, no, that wasn't a, a different pick. The Saints and Steelers. Again, I didn't want to pick against the Saints. That's just me. Um, but yeah, 19 and 23 for myself on the season, 23 and 19 for Kyle. And overall, as a podcast, 15 and 29. We're doing really well as an overall. So hopefully we keep going into from, from here on out, the second half of the season. Let's do some quick fantasy talk since it's just me today. I lost terribly. And this is one of the reasons I was mad at Josh Allen. I lost 140.32 to 140.3. I'm sorry, 104.3. I lost by 0.02 points. Had Josh Allen not thrown a pick in overtime, probably would have won this a little bit more comfortably. Had the Buffalo defense not given up 27 points, I would have won this comfortably. Had I put in Justin Fields instead of, <laughs> of Josh Allen, I would have won this very comfortably. Justin Fields on my bench, almost 40 points. Josh Allen, half that, 19.6. The other guy had Debo Samuel going in the late game on Sunday Night Football. He literally got .02, just enough to beat me. That was the last guy playing, and I was kind of hoping. I thought Debo Samuel, whatever gonna lose by a lot no 0.02 points i lost by so that puts me at i believe i think i'm four and six on the season yeah four and five but by the time this all goes final i'll be four and six on the season fourth in my division probably going to be last year in my division soon rough rough i did want to mention though also that the rest because my one of my buddies was talking about the refs in this game, Philly and Commanders. The refs need to be stopped, man. They have they are on some sort of rampage where they absolutely are garbage. They're not doing they're missing big calls in big games. You got Bill Belichick talking about how, how are we not challenging? How can coaches not challenge within two minutes? How are officials, refs missing these big calls that have huge impacts on games? You know, me personally, just looking at Bears versus the, the the Dolphins, you know, a week ago. That P.I. On, on Chase Claypool that could have given us first down, had us march down the field, possibly score, possibly win that game. There's a bunch of calls that they missed against the Lions this week for the Bears. And this is just one game. This is just one team in the last two weeks. They missed multiple calls. You look at, like, one of the face masks that, that happened during this Eagles game, um, this Eagles-Commanders game, uh, 
there, I think it was like the fumble, but what caused the fumble was a face mask and they didn't call anything. Like it's just insane what the refs are doing. And this is kind of just me going on a rant, but they need to be stopped. Like I think one suggestion I told my buddy was like, what if they got fined? All of a sudden, all these replays are going to take a lot of time. They're going to look into it a lot better. But if they get like a big time call and one of the biggest time calls missed in the last few years was that Saints and I forgot who was it the Rams. It was like that pass interference call that was that was clearly pass interference and yet was not called. Huge playoff implications. I think it was a playoff game, but it it, it was just I don't know. It, it it's insane. These refs need to be stopped. They need to be either fined or something because they this whole like oh yeah my bad my bad bro this isn't working for the NFL right now. Um, a lot of a lot of teams are losing games, close games that they should be winning, at least should be in more, in the game more. Should affect the outcome. They affect the outcome 100. I think Eddie Jackson from the Bears was one guy that was speaking out too. And obviously, I didn't mention Bill Belichick. A lot of these teams, a lot of these players are going to be speaking up a lot more. And somehow the rest are like, "Oh, you guys can't talk bad about us." Blah 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 blah. You messed up. I I we get it. You're owning up to it, but there's got to be more than that because this does affect teams going to the playoffs teams in in the revenue aspect everything like just so much more than just the refs being like you can't be mean to us so is what it is rant over <laughs> so that's that's that was week 10 of nfl this season hope you guys enjoyed the breakdown again solo show for me kyle had some technical difficulties but you want to catch kyle tweeting about some stuff right up here look right up here and if you're listening on podcast i'm sorry but follow him on twitter at ftbl only podcast you can follow me on twitter at and now rick and follow us at star six media on instagram youtube tiktok twitch facebook we're everywhere we live stream games we live stream podcasts check out all our other shows talking about big league chicago obviously only football three up three down our brand new hockey nhl podcast slot shot eafp eric's going to be breaking down the world cup here coming soon daily daily shows from eric coming up soon you got sports trip live talking best in mma and wrestling and boxing and you got jca sports covering every major sport major storylines major topics so go take a listen to all those shows follow us at star six media to check out our schedule on instagram on facebook everything we're on everywhere so that's it from me from rick on only football hopefully you guys enjoyed it and yeah we'll see you guys for the week 11 prediction show a little more segment oriented as well but from me and from kyle see ya hey.